Throughout the course of any given liturgical years, beloved in the Lord, we will see, be given visions of the spiritual realm. Now this is mostly through St. John's Revelation, the book of Isaiah, and the book of Daniel. And in those visions, there are a lot of times countless throngs of angels and myriad saints standing before God and before the Lamb, and they always sing, Holy, Holy, Holy. But in today's gospel, we get a slightly different view of the spiritual realm, a view that is for some perhaps hard to fathom, a vision that some might struggle with. For in the vision of the spiritual realm in the Gospel of Luke this morning, the gulf between heaven and hell is visible and without crossing. And what is perhaps more troubling within this vision, the saved and those who are not saved communicate with one another. So those in the bosom of Abraham are fully cognizant of why they are in the bosom of Abraham in heaven. And those in perdition are also made fully aware of why they are not. And they can do nothing about it. Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and Lazarus's in a like manner, evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are in anguish. The rich man, it's important to note, is not in torment for the fact he was wealthy, nor is Lazarus in heaven because he was poor and needy. Rather, the rich man, in his denial of the needs of Lazarus, is punished for his apathy, for his failure to care for the needy man as the Old Testament and the teachings of Jesus dictate, as mandatory. The poor man, Lazarus, is seen as pious because he does not grumble, he doesn't complain, he doesn't become bitter or place blame, he does not become a victim. He simply keeps up day after day after day, doing the best he can with what he has. All the while, the dog's licking his sores. Now, the traditions of the church have given the rich man, who Jesus does not name, the name Dives, from the Latin word wealth. Dives can see up to paradise, can see and recognize Lazarus the beggar. Dives is able to communicate with those in paradise and to beg for mercy. Now, this is a total and complete reversal of their conditions on this earth. Dives, even from Hades, sees himself as better, superior to Lazarus, and sees poor Lazarus as a servant or a slave, and he only speaks to Abraham. Dives begs Father Abraham to send poor Lazarus on an errand. Father Abraham, have mercy upon me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and to cool my tongue. Now this gives us insight into the life after death. It's an insight that is kind of scary for the modern mind. The life after death is like this. There is no magic. We do not magically become different people than we are right now. We do not automatically lose our bad habits. Our distortions are not magically washed away. That is to say, if we are evil in this world, we are evil in the next. What we do today on this earth, every day, matters. 
What we do on this earth every day forms who we are now and forms who we are in the world to come. And who we are does not magically change just because we die. So we stand before God with this lifetime's events, with this lifetime's encounters, with this lifetime's formation, with this lifetime's relationships. There's another interesting and troubling truth in the Gospel of St. Luke this morning. That is this, that the poor can be saved by grace alone. They have nothing else to offer. Only they accept and that they participate in the promises and resurrection of Jesus. All Lazarus could do was lie at a gate and beg for food. If you look very carefully at the original text, it's worse than that. Lazarus was placed at the gate. He couldn't move on his own. He was placed there and no one ever moved him. He was worthless to society. He could not contribute to the greater good in any way. In the eyes of the world, he was garbage, was worthless, was inhuman. But in God's eyes, a treasure. But for you and I, for people of means, this is not so. Wealth and prosperity bring with it a higher and noble calling. We can and must do more than sit at a gate and beg. We are responsible for the blessings of our life. Now the first part of this higher calling is realizing that wealth in and of itself is not salvation. I'll say that again. Commercials on television tell a different story. Wealth in and of itself is not salvation. Now that's a tremendously difficult concept to grasp. Wealth has a terrible and dread power to blind us to the true nature of our world, to our true relationship with God, to metaphysics, to the relationship between God, man, and the world. Now to put that in plain English, wealth can cause us not to see that we are in need of God's mercy and God's love, God's salvation. Wealth can blind us to the fact that we are in need of Jesus. Wealth can cause us to pretend that we have no need of the sacrifice Jesus made for us. Wealth and means have the strange and very damaging power to cause us to see ourselves as already being saved, being secure, having health. We drive nice cars, we have nice and comfortable homes, all the clothing we could want or desire. We travel where we wish. We have salvation. Through wealth, we can deceive ourselves into thinking we have everything our hearts could ever desire and are saved. We are the people on the television commercial. We have obtained the blessings of this world. So then, if we tell a wealthy person he needs Jesus to be saved, there's a real and very present danger this does not register, will not be received or believed in a tangible way. For the Christian to tell a person who has everything that they have nothing and are in desperate need, it's laughable to some. To send Moses and the prophets to show them Jesus risen from the dead does no good to someone who has been blinded by the heaven they have constructed for themselves. It's the same back then in Jesus' time as it is now. The words are just as true now as then And the dogs still lick the sores of the beggars at the gates. 
Now, Jesus does not condemn outright each and every person of wealth merely for the fact that they're wealthy. Please note that he does not. Jesus condemns those who are wealthy and who are blind for their blindness to those who are poor and needy, to those who have the dogs lick their sores and stand at the gate and beg for mercy. What we read this morning, brothers and sisters, in our Lord Jesus Christ is a tragedy. Think for a moment of Lazarus. How much better would his life have been if Dives would have given him the scraps on his table, would have cared for him? If he would have given even an ounce of himself, Lazarus's life would have not been filled with evil. But that's not the most tragic point in this morning's gospel, is it? When I look at Dives and his fate, my soul fear fills with fear and my heart breaks. Dives refused to see during his life and is now in torment. Because during his lifetime, Dives didn't realize what gifts he had been given and what a difference he could have made. Instead of seeing all his prosperity, the wealth and blessings he had been given as a gift of God to be given away and to be shared. Because Dives saw his empire as the end all and be all of his life as his salvation, he missed out on many blessings. He missed out on life as God intended it. It is a rich blessing to give of yourself to others. The richest blessing. It is a rich blessing to give to the poor and to the needy. And in giving and in giving freely, liberally, those who do so are blessed in giving more than those who receive. So poor Dives, even though he had everything, an empire, he missed out on life and never really lived. Never really and truly had anything at all. If we look at Dives' life eternally, he had nothing. It was really and truly Dives who was poor all the time. It was Dives who was infested with sores and with wounds. What if he had shared with Lazarus? What if he had given to ease his pain and suffering? Lazarus, on the other hand, though he was poor and needy, though his life was filled with evil things, lived a true and a real life. Poor Dives had no life of consequence at all. His refusal to see caused his spiritual death long before he died. And Lazarus lived on. Now, you and I, brothers and sisters, have a duty, a mission to help the Dives of this world open their eyes and see the blessings in giving of themselves, of knowing that in giving, they're given life and given it in abundance. In giving, there is salvation. I'll say that again. In giving, there is salvation. For those of us who are not in need, for those of us who do not have the faith of Lazarus, there is a great danger of becoming blind to the need of grace, mercy, Love, forgiveness, salvation that is found only in Christ Jesus. There is the obligation to give of ourselves to the benefit of others. There is the blessings that are to be had in living fully and giving liberally. So as we leave here this morning, remember this. 
the most tragic, tragic part of this story is not Lazarus who lived a life filled with evil things. The real tragedy in the story is Dives who had so much to offer and so great a potential to live a full, a rich, a noble life. And who refused to see beyond himself and therefore had no life at all. Not on the earth and not after he died. So let us pray this morning, beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we not be blind to the holy things of this world. Let us pray that we learn to give of ourselves liberally, to give to the poor and to the needy, to share what we have and to truly live life. And at the end of our days, let us pray that we may rest in the bosom of Abraham and in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us take the heart, the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy this morning. That we not become blind like diabetes. As for the rich in this world, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God, who richly furnishes us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good deeds, liberal and generous, thus laying up for themselves a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of the life which is life indeed. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.